0: Salucci Show. I'm your host, Elise. We're in my apartment. It's mid-March. It's the Ides of March today when I'm recording this. It's March 15th. Oh my God. It is still cold out. Okay. I ran my kids to school this morning. They had in-person school. Thank God. I, You know, and I'm like, you know, a sh- we're, you know wearing a schmata going to the school, capri leggings, like no socks with my sneakers, my ankles hanging out, my hair up in a Gross floppy bun obviously no makeup, my coat unzipped. I have I have like freezer burn on my skin. <laughs> like I, I came home and my ankles they're red and blotchy and raw. It was freezing out freezing in New York right now. Anyway, episode 51, here we go.'re we're, 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 we're middle-aged already. this podcast we're middle-aged. We're talking about a lot of things today, but right now, fact of the day, happiness. if you want to be happy. Spend time with happy people or do a good deed. It triggers a high in the brain. Sleep, get a good night's sleep. That contributes to our happiness. We're talking about happiness more, but that is what I wanted to say for our fact of the day. Those are all, those are three facts about happiness and there's so much more, but we'll, we'll get into that anyway. How's your week? How was it? March 11th, one, one year ago on March 11th, the pandemic was declared. Isn't that crazy? I uh, opened my email on that day, as I do every day. And uh, that was sort of a headline from, you know, a newsletter that one of the newsletters I subscribed to. I think it was, you know, one of the newspapers. And um, I mean, it it feels fast, like, wow, that was so fast, but it also feels so long. But that's what they say about so many things, right? The the, the time, the days are long, but the, the, the length of time overall is short. But March 11th one year ago pandemic was declared one in three Americans lost somebody to coronavirus one in three Americans and um you know I was thinking how about how how this whole thing changed our lives changed our lives and and in so so in so many crazy ways I mean right like I mean just just on a very everyday sort of life, you know we are um, you know, oh God, the, all the streaming services that everybody subscribed to. Everybody's Everybody went to screens for their entertainment as opposed to outside. Um, I know a lot of people that started day trading, you know. I think in this, there's a statistic over, in 2020, more than 3 million people set up broker online brokerage accounts. 3 million new people set up online brokerage accounts like Robinhood or TD Ameritrade or whatever. And that was just to try to generate some more income for themselves. Alcohol consumption, alcohol consumption, U.S. alcohol sales. I read U.S. alcohol sales. I have it, right, it written right down. They they increased by seventy one percent, seventy one percent, when in April, twenty twenty. That that's that's how much the uh, alcohol consumption went up. Food delivery, people wanted. We're getting more food delivery. Although I think that that was maybe more in big metropolitan areas. Home furnishing sales were up. Obviously, everybody's setting up home offices. Home fitness gyms, that stuff was going up, and uh, obviously travel spend went way down. And 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 uh, of course, the, of course, everybody was buying face masks. That's a thing. But you know, but overall, um, the biggest change, I, I, obviously, for so many people was uh, was the work from home. I mean, besides the fact that you know you're on lockdown, you're stuck in your house. But I, in my opinion, I think the silver lining that's coming out of uh, the pandemic is the better work from a uh, work life balance. I did read that somewhere. I read it a few a few weeks ago. I don't know if I told you, but it was um, it said the the you know one of the biggest revolutions of this decade will be the 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 improved work life balance. And I when I, I and it's, I read that a few weeks ago, It stuck in my head. I totally agree. If you ha- if you have that kind of job, but I mean the reality of the situation is most people listen. Most people have a job, and most people want or need to raise their children but you need a job in order to raise your kids. And the problem is that, you know, you have your family obligations, you have your professional obligations, they always work against each other, right? And um, and this, this whole thing of working from home completely alleviates that. But, you know, I, I don't know, I mean, you know, do I think it's going to stick? I heard, I heard that two-thirds of companies are going to continue, two-thirds of the companies that were, that were, um, allowing their employees to work from home. Two-thirds of those companies are going to continue to allow them to work from home. I don't know if I'm going to have be at a company like that. I hope so. I mean, to be honest, I think that the pandemic is has changed our lives in so many ways. Obviously, like we just talked about some of those consumption um, things that we've done a- a- and a- as a reaction to all this, uh, but but the work from home stuff... And the overall life balance, for me at least, realizing that I can, um, you know, eat all my meals with my kids, uh, be with them way more than I would ever have been with them, has been life-changing for me. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's also making me complete, it's making me turn into complete nut job, an absolute complete nut job, but you know what, when I had my daughters, um, when i had my daughters i had my kids i was was i 30 and 31 or 31 and 32 i can't remember but anyway that's how old i was when i when i became a mother and i was had a crazy stressful job and i was working 12 14 hour days and um it was it was just so draining and i never felt i didn't feel the and by the way i i didn't even plan on t- going down this road but i will for a second um i didn't I was so excited to be a mother, particularly when I was pregnant with my first baby, new baby, all the body changes. I was so excited. And I thought that when the baby um, was going to be born, my daughter, it was going to be like rainbows and, and unicorns and sprinkles flying through the sky and everything was going to be lovely. And it was for a little bit. But then when I went back to work three months after my maternity leave, it became just so hard managing work and, and, and a child. And, you know, Everybody was, um, I worked on Wall Street at the time, and everybody was really nice to me when I went right back to work after three months, after my maternity leave with my first daughter. But that all wears off. And they expect, of course, when you get back, you know, the, the day you get back from three months, oh, we're so happy you're back. How is the baby? How, how, what? How, 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 how? And then, and then an hour later, it's, oh, watch got you back up to Spain, you know? And I really had a bad situation. I can't really get into it because I had. I had a legal situation with my company, but I had a really bad situation. I had to, uh, I had a, a, um, a colleague that was covering for me when I was on maternity leave. Um, and uh, and I actually had to compensate him. If you can imagine this, I had to compensate him when I got back from my maternity leave out of my own uh, bonus money at work. I know, it's crazy. And at the time, I was so fucked up with becoming... A, I know, how. I know, I know. You're like, Is this. did I just hear that? Yeah, you heard that, you heard that. You heard that correctly. I was so fucked up from from becoming a new mother. I was so I was so uh, overwhelmed with all the body changes. I had a C section, major surgery. I was just getting back to work. I was learning how to become a new mother. I was learning what trying to breastfeed. I had to hire a nanny. So because my husband and I had to work, and it was I didn't even realize half the things that were happening to me, including having to compensate an employee. <coughs> my colleague for, for, for covering for me when I was on maternity. Completely illegal, completely illegal. But anyway, I, um, there's so much stuff that happened, um, in that time. And my point is, is that, you know, I had my first daughter and then I had another baby 17 months younger, my other daughter. And, and I just didn't even know what it was like to have lunch with my kids or dinner with my kids. I didn't even know what it was like. And some nights, and honestly, and let me tell you, I actually blame that time, that, 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 that very pressured situation on uh, the demise of my marriage, because it was too much. It's too much. You can't, you cannot, a person, in my opinion, you cannot have two babies within 17 months and be working an executive job and expected to super perform and um and and then maintain a marriage and a house and you know and at the time I was buying an apartment i mean everything was just full on and crazy but anyway i um i, I there was a point after i had my second daughter right you know so 17 months you know the baby's close together and i um i <laughs> I remember thinking like, is this what it's like? Is this what, is this what like modern parenting is like? Because I, I don't really like it. And I started to feel guilty of like, do do I like being a mother? Did I, should I have been a mother? And by the way, a lot of people don't talk about this. Um, You see little things come up here and there. And, 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 uh, but it's not something that's talked about. And I didn't really like being a mother. I also didn't like working and being a mother. I didn't, I, I wanted to be a mother and not work, or I wanted to work and not be a mother. I, for whatever reason, I and I didn't have those thoughts isolated because my life was not isolated. Everything was combined. I just couldn't do both at the same time. I thought I could in the moment. I thought I could in the moment. And my then husband was saying, "What well, did say to me? You know, well, you know, you seem stressed. Why don't you, you know, leave your job and we could figure it out?" But then I would have had to. We would have had to leave the city, and it would have been a whole uprooting thing. And I and I didn't want to do that. But it was so difficult for me. And um, and I think that when my youngest was about one and a half or two years old, I just said, Oh my God, like, I don't even remember what it was like when they were four months or five months. I don't even remember, like, w- 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 did my baby say her first word? One of my babies say their first word when I was home or not? I was always working. I was always working. There was just, the, the, the demands were so crazy on me. And at the time they, they had gotten rid of my boss. Oh my God. It was, and I, and then I had to like sort of step in. It was just a horror. And so I was running this business and it was too much. And um, fast forward to now, the the, the the being able to work from home, and even if it's short-lived, has just been life-changing. And now, you know, my daughters, they obviously, you know, they're, they're a little older. They're five and six and they're in school and it's different. But I would give anything to go back of that, that to that time in my life, um, and uh, and and be able to work from home, even if it was a few days a week or or every other week, like I'm doing right now, because it's just precious. It's pre- it's precious time. It's precious time. One of my best friends, she's pregnant right now. Uh, another one of my best friends, she uh, had given birth to a baby right early in the pandemic last year, when the whole thing started. And and you know, I mean. It's been really hard for her for her homeschooling her other two kids. And <coughs> excuse me, having the newborn, but I'm sure in ten years she's gonna look back on this and say, you know what, that was so crazy and it was hard, but what would have been the alternative? I would have had my infant in daycare. I would have had my you know my newborn be with the relatives. I got to do that. I got to experience that. Plus have a job. Plus bring in that income. And I think that um, for the companies that are gonna allow their employees to stick to working from home, it's I just think it's so good. I, I, I really do. I really do. Um, I hope, I I hope to God that my company also allows, but that to me is the biggest, uh, the biggest thing that came out of the pandemic. Um, and I, I mean, I think for everybody, but for me personally, anyway, moving on. And by the way, but by, by the way, if you do ever want to have more conversations about, um, becoming a new parent and, 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 and talking about working and, uh, balancing work and motherhood or did you become a mother and you feel that it wasn't what you thought it was because uh, it's not um, <laughs> and are you dealing with these psycho other moms that you deal with that are talking about rainbow cakes that 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 vomit sprinkles and you're just trying to figure out when you could get a shower like because, because we could talk about that we could talk about that I don't know I don't know how many people want to hear about that or how many people want to talk about it but if you do message me um because i i you know i'm happy to talk about it i think it's a real thing i love my kids to death i love my daughters to death but this is a real thing for for, for women for working mothers i'm sorry i am sorry and it's you know just people just don't talk about it they just don't every you know cuz we live in this crazy culture of comparison and who and, and everybody and so many people are competitive and and everybody wants to be able to do it all you know we talked about this in the past be being busy is almost like saying you know you you have a chanel bag it's like it makes you it makes you so fabulous when you're so busy and really do you really want to be that busy do you really want to be this busy a kid or two or 25 and have a big job or, or not even a big job just a job and then you have to deal with cleaning the house and cooking the meals or whatever and yes your husband can help and no oh, your family can help and takes a village and if if you have that fabulous but at the end of the day guess what guess what you still walked around and you carried those children inside you your body needs time to get back to normal it's just too much it's just too much so if you want to talk about it let's talk anywho anywho so over the weekend i tried to get my kids some stuff for easter you know what the hell is going on that i couldn't find any easter eggs or easter baskets anywhere in manhattan i went to um well, you know. By the way, I could have went to like Dwayne Reed or something, the, the the pharmacy, and probably got plastic Easter eggs. But I went to a few other stores. I went to Target. Um, I I went to a couple of junk stores. Lots for less. It's a store in Midtown. It's like you know, it's like some liquidated liquidators kind of store. And uh, no Easter eggs. No no plastic Easter eggs. I'm looking. At, um, what is this? Not a holiday? All of a sudden? Well, I mean. I, I, they had some Easter candy at Target. I got some Easter candy. Now, granted, this is the Target in Manhattan. It's not the Target, you know, in the suburbs. I'm sure the suburban t- t- Targets, if that's where you live, I'm sure they have everything. But by me, they didn't have. And I, I, I pathetic, pathetic. So one day this week, I'm going to go over to the Dollar Tree and, and hope to get some, some plastic eggs so I could, you know, do a little Easter egg hunt for my kids and, you know, a cheap little plastic basket. Let me tell you something, um, my, uh, one of my friends said, well, you know, just at least just order the eggs online. I said on Amazon. I said, yeah, I said, look, look, right. Like I did that. I said, you don't think I thought of that already? Of course I did. I look on Amazon. They want like $15 for, for a for you know, like a pack of plastic eggs, maybe fifty plastic eggs. I said, I am not spending fifteen dollars for a fifty plastic eggs that I could get at the ninety-nine cent store. I please, please, are these things, made in Taiwan, they cost them a tenth of a penny to make one egg. Please, please, and I'm, this is this is why these companies, this is why Amazon is, you know, is is the richest company because we go on there and we say, yeah, sure, I'll buy a fifth pack of eggs for fifteen dollars. What I should have done is I should have ordered at Oriental Trading. But I did not. I did not. I I, I was not able to uh, forward plan. You see all these things us mothers have to do? Anyway. Um, have you been to Nobu? I have to get this recipe. I'm walking. I'm talking to you. I'm picking it up off of my kitchen table. Okay, back. Because that's the length of kitchen table to living room. By the way, welcome to Manhattan. Um, and but, and I used, this is the first time I actually had a kitchen table in my kitchen. That's very fancy to have you know. Um. So at Nobu, okay, they make the most delicious, they make this miso glazed fish. It is so, del- I honestly, I love it. And I'm not one of these like sushi eaters where, where you eat the sashimi and all the, all the fancy stuff. I, uh, please, I'm the worst date when it comes to sushi. If you take me to a sushi restaurant, you know, people are ordering sashimi and, 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 Sea urchin, uni, and wrapped in this and row this. I, I, you know, I'm like, I'll get a California roll with a side of spicy mayo, please. Oh, and, you know, in a diet coke. <laughs> People like hot sake, cold sake. I'm like apple martini, <laughs> like really. Um, but Nobu makes this delit, which is a beautiful restaurant. Makes delicious miso glazed fish. And I was reading in the New York Times they had um, a very similar recipe. Very similar recipe. I don't, they, they said it's a version, a version of the famous dish from Nobu. I want to tell you how to make it. And um, and these things, you need to have a few of the Japanese items, but these are the good things to keep in your cabinet. Anyway, so for the fish, they're saying you could use salmon, trout, Arctic char, mahi mahi, black cod. I think at Nobu, the fish that they use is cod. I think that their miso glazed fish is miso glazed cod. I personally would use a white fish for this. Also, I wouldn't use salmon, but, but 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 whatever. Okay, so here it is: a quarter cup of mirin, a quarter cup of sake, three tablespoons of white or yellow miso paste. You can get that at Whole Foods, by the way, or wherever. Um, a tablespoon of sugar, two tablespoons, sorry, two teaspoons of dark sesame oil, and then about four pieces or one nice size piece of the fish. And the, the recipe is really simple. It's just uh, you combine the mirin and the sake in a tiny little, you know, saucepan over o- over the stovetop. Bring it to a boil. Boil it for 20 seconds. To, you know, and don't don't boil off too much of the liquid. So it's literally you're 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 putting it in the you're mixing it up in the bowl. You're putting it in the the saucepan. You're boiling it for 20 seconds. Turning off the heat. And then you you stir in the miso. You stir in the sugar. You mix, mix, mix until all the sugar is dissolved. And then you whisk in the sesame oil. You allow the whole thing to cool. The whole thing to cool. And then you transfer it just into a bowl or leave it in the saucepan. Who cares? Brush it on your fish. Brush it on your fish. And then put those, you obviously have the fish in a baking tray or a baking dish, and put them in the refrigerator for for two or three hours or up or for the whole day. you know they, they don't say go go past the day and then let it marinate and then you know um, then they say grill the fish or or do it over the stovetop two or three minutes each side. And that's it. If you want to use an oven, if you want to use an oven, you could probably put it I would say the you know the 375 oven for about 15 minutes. I would probably make it in the oven just because I don't really like to make fish on the, on the stovetop. I don't, for whatever reason, I feel like it smells up my apartment, but that's it. That's it. I am telling you this, this, uh, this miso glazed, uh, cod from Nobu is so delicious. If you haven't had it, you definitely have to go and try it. But I like that they gave you this recipe. I have mirin and miso paste, um, and sake. I have that in my house because one, um, I like things that I like. I like that kind of glaze on other things. I've made it before too. My um, ex sister in law is Japanese. I mean, I can't make this up. I I, I can't. I, you know, it's me from New York, I'm born in Brooklyn, raised in South. Island. I got the two. I got my ex husband, the British, and then the, the this the their aunt. Um, my my ex husband's brother is married to a Japanese girl. When I met this girl, she didn't even speak English. By the way, she didn't speak English. Um, and, but she, she makes all the sorts of food and I, and I've always been fascinated with the, the Japanese, uh, culture and, and, and a lot of the cuisine for, for various reasons. And so I had, I went, there's a, um, a supermarket in Manhattan called Sunshine Mart. It's down, uh, it's around like Cooper Square area. And, um, and now I think they have one, by the way, in Brooklyn off the BQE, but I went there and I, uh, and I bought all this, this cooking stuff because I was making all these, these, uh, Japanese things, I went through this period of you know being Japanese. I'm kind of like um, Mame. Have you seen Mame, the movie Mame? If you haven't seen it, you got to see it with Rosalind Russell. And every every year she's something, she's another, she's from another, she's another culture. She's taking on something. She redecorates her house. But anyway, I went through a Japanese phase, and uh, and I have all this stuff, and oh, oh, and I use it. I I actually use the miso paste a lot. And um, it's delish. It's delish. But this, you have to, you have to try this. You have to try it. Okay. 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 So, you know where I went also this weekend? Um, Besides for down crazy rabbit holes of trying to find freaking grass, green, green plastic grass and Easter eggs, I went to Cafe Habana. It's a delicious restaurant in Nolita. It's been here. It's been here for a long time. They make the best Cuban sandwich. The best Cuban sandwich. Do you like Cuban sandwiches? It's like, um, Pulled pork and ham and Swiss cheese and pickles. I know it sounds like a little skeeve. It's so good. Um, and almost this mayonnaise thing on this panini bread. You know, the sandwiches, I don't know, maybe $10. It's so good. So I went to Cafe Habana. I was so happy. Haven't been there um, in a couple years now. And uh, that, was, that, that, that was pretty much probably the highlight. That was the highlight. You know what wasn't the highlight? What wasn't the highlight of my weekend was reading in the New York Post, okay, I don't know if you read this, I'm sure you did, that there's a school in Manhattan, there's a school in New York City that's encouraging the kids to stop using the words, wait for it, mom and dad, and they want them to use more inclusive language because they feel that using mom and dad and parents is offensive, okay, It makes, they, they, they feel that those words, they, they, they make assumptions about the kid's home. Like, and you know what? I said, F F, F this, fuck this. I, I really, I literally saw this. I, I read it and I just threw it on the floor. I said, I can't, I cannot deal with this. I cannot deal with this. Like, I get it. We're living in a very politically correct, uh, age. I agree with it all. I think it's great. And we should be very sensitive to everybody culturally, racially, um, sexual identity, gender, everything—sensitive, great, fabulous, sensitive. But guess what? Last time I checked, I'm a mom, and I want my kids to call me mom or mom, or whatever the hell they call me, but some version of mommy. Okay. But apparently, there is this school, okay, in Nolita, or I should say NoHo, which is you know, it's actually right near Cafe Habana, to be honest. It's uh, it's the Grace Church School, NoHo, north of Houston, um, around the Bond Street area. They, it's a it's a school. It's kind I don't know, kindergarten through twelfth grade. And they feel that if you are using the word mom and dad and parents, you know, you're making assumptions that the kids live, have, have, have a mom and dad. And so they, they, they are asking all the children to say things like, um, grownups and guardians. I mean, can you imagine? It's like, yeah, my mom's picking me up from school. Like, no, 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 little Jack. It's your guardian is going to pick up, pick you up, not your mommy. I mean, Really? Really? I get it. I get the whole genesis of it. They feel like there's lots of different types of families and there's families come together in lots of different ways. And some people don't have moms and dads and that's true. But where are we going to draw the line to this? No? I mean, come on. I get it. You don't want it to, I get, you know, there was, there was, you know, that trend. Well, I don't even know if it's a trend, but a whole thing a few years ago, five, 10 years ago, it was like Let's not give a gold star to everybody, you know, or no, it was, it, well, it was the height, it's the hyper parenting, you know, the, we're giving gold stars to everybody, you know, because our kids are so wonderful and amazing. And then there was another little movement that of people that said, no, don't go give gold stars or blue ribbons to every, every kid or everybody in the class, because, you know, you, not everybody's a winner and you got to teach your kids. Sometimes you lose and that's a part of life, Right. But you know, there's all these crazy parents that still do all that kind of stuff, and you know, there's all of this balance, right? Like the the the, the psychotic parenting, is what I call it, psycho parents, and then there's the you know, and then there's the, then there's the cold parenting, you know, you know, you lost, you lose, you get nothing. <laughs> but there's but everything in moderation. There's something in in between, right? But 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 not the mom and the dad. Get the hell out of here, first of all, my kids, and I will be the first person to say that their father is amazing. I mean, I think I'm a great mother, but. Their father is amazing, and I am. I couldn't have had a child with anyone better. And I have always said this. All my friends know this. He, the guy, he does everything for those two girls, and it's adorable, and it's great, and I am so lucky, and they are so lucky to have a dad like that. I don't have a dad like that. Um, I mean, it's a beautiful thing. He does the cooking. He does. I mean, he takes them shopping. I mean, it's like. The, he teaches them things on a regular basis. It's just wonderful. And I will be damned if my daughters or if somebody told my daughters, you can't call your dad, daddy, um, or you can't refer to him as your father because you're going to be offending other people. Like, how about this? Fuck you. How about that? Fuck you. Okay. <laughs> That's what I have to say to you. Okay. I'm, 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 please, please, please. These, these, these schools. And of course it's in New York. Of course it's in New York. So, oh, Cafe Habana was not my highlight. It was not my highlight. You know what my highlight was this weekend? Liza Minnelli's 75th birthday tribute. I don't know. Did you happen to see that by any chance? So, um, Liza Minnelli, a favorite of mine. She turned 75 over the weekend And uh, I don't even know who it was, but there was some group of people that put together the 75th birthday tribute for her. And essentially, it was like making a birthday video for any of your family or friends. And they sold tickets online for it if you wanted to watch. They actually showed how many people were watching uh, while it was airing. There was about 2,400 people, um, me being one of them. It was fabulous. It was fabulous, okay? All these celebrities, all of these people that she worked with throughout throughout her career and her life you know, took the time out to do a little birthday tribute, to tell stories about her. Um, It was so great. I mean, Joan Collins uh, was on it, Cheetah Rivera, Jason Alexander from Seinfeld, Nathan Lane, uh, Bernadette Peters, big Broadway star, Leah Delaria, she's on Orange is the New Black. She actually sang, she did this whole thing with this big jazz band. I loved it, Mario Cantone. I mean, come on, do you not love Mario Cantone? Honestly, I don't even know how I'm not friends with Mario Cantone. I said to my boyfriend the other day, because... He was there, and he was watching it with me. I was like, you got to watch this with me. So bad about you. And so uh, Mario Cantone came on the screen, and I was like, oh, my God, I love him. And he was like, oh, yeah, I know him. And I said, you know him? I said, you know him. I said, well, how about this? Why don't you invite him to my birthday party? How about that? Okay? If I have a birthday party one year, invite him there. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Um, who's the adorable little one? Kristen Chenoweth, she sang. Oh, it was just so good. It was just so good. Um, it was great. It was great, you know, because so many, in my opinion— And by the way, this is, this came out of the pandemic, another positive that came out of the pandemic. Would we normally do a, 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 a streaming birthday tribute to, and where people would be buying, actively buying tickets to it? You know, if it was the regular world was sort of on, I don't think so. I don't think so. But you know, um, but, uh, you know what I was going to say? No, actually I don't know because all of a sudden i had a thought in my head and it just vanished. This is the problem with (laughs) getting older. This is the problem with getting older, but um Liza uh, Manelli she she sold a townhouse in New York. She used to live, she used to live on 30 Avenue and 69th Street. She sold it a few years ago. I think now she lives in LA. The only thing that was missing from that birthday tribute was um well besides for the fact that Barbara Streisand, really Barbara, you couldn't make an in-person appearance. You only had to do audio. I mean, everybody else, everybody else was in on camera. They 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 were they submitted, you know, whoever produced this thing. They sent over their 5 minute or 30-second clip of a happy birthday, Liza. And they were all doing it from their houses, you know, so it was really fun to see that. Barbara Streisand, of course she didn't. Barbara Streisand at her mansion in Malibu. No, they just showed a picture of Barbara, and Barbara was talking. At least she spoke. But really, Barbara, you you couldn't get on video for a a little bit of Liza or a little bit of the Liza crew? The fans, like myself, we would have loved to see you. But I did miss Liza. She didn't, obviously, come on and say anything. It was a tribute to her. But... um. I was like, after the whole thing was over, which was two hours, I said, I wonder what she thought about this. Did, did, did Was she laughing? Was she crying? Did she love it? Of course she loved it. Did she watch it? Oh, she better have watched it. But um, it would be nice if she went online and, and said she watched and this is what she thought. But it was so great. Um, I don't know if you know that I learned some, cer- some things during this thing, if you're a big Liza fan. She was named after a song by Gershwin. Who knew? She made her screen debut at three years old. I didn't know that either. And do you know who her godmother is? Liza Minnelli's godmother. I mean, obviously, Hollywood royalty family, Judy Garland's her mother um, and her father, the producer. But um, Kate Thompson. Kate Thompson is Liza Minnelli's godmother, who is the author of Eloise. Eloise. Yes. That's her godmother. Um, It was just, it was so good. It was just so good. Uh, if you have Div Spotify, there's a good Liza Minnelli playlist on there. If It's like they curate, you know, these playlists. I like Spotify. They curate the playlist, and um, there's a good Liza one. And, you know, she sings my favorite song. She sings Some People. Oh, I love that. She also sings um, Together, Together Wherever We Go, with her mother. They have that on the playlist, too, with Judy. Uh, you could watch actually a clip of that on YouTube. It's from the sixties, the early sixties. If you type in on YouTube, like Judy Garland, Liza Minnelli, Liza Minnelli singing together, it's, it's the both of them singing. Oh, it's so good. It's just great. I saw her in concert, um, maybe like 15 years ago. She was wearing a, a red sequin pantsuit. Absolutely stunning. Absolutely stunning. By the way, by the way, I want to mention to you, um, And I think that this actually could be product of the week. It's not a product. It's a membership. But um, how I found out about the tribute was I belong to what was from an email. I belong to uh, TDF, which is the theater development fund. And uh, it's TDF.org. And they send emails out for all these streaming things that they've been doing during the pandemic. But it's a nonprofit organization. It supports the arts. It supports the performing arts. Um, And the best part, and the membership, I don't know, it's like $40 a year or something. So the best part about TDF, in my opinion, is um, they have tickets to things, tickets to things. So they were advertising, I guess, this Liza Minnelli birthday tribute, and I had nothing better to do on Friday night. I was like, nah, you know, Liza, love, okay, whatever. I think it was $15, and I said, I'm totally doing this, because $15 is cheaper than a movie ticket in Manhattan, and maybe on a Friday night I would have been going to a movie if the world was on. But, um, you should check out TDF because, uh, well, right now they're not obviously selling tickets for live things, but when the world is on, you can get really cheap tickets for shows, Broadway or, uh, well, I don't know if they do so many Broadway, but off Broadway, off, off Broadway. I mean, um, my TDF membership, besides the fact that I like to support the arts in New York, but it, it pays for itself. I've seen so many plays, so many shows, um, for uh, tickets, $5, $8. I mean, really, where, where can, where can you see things? Any, where can you go anywhere for five? Uh, You can't even take your kid to some kid, some miserable kid show that you're sleeping 20 minutes through 20 minutes, 20 minutes through 20 minutes into it. You're snoring and you see, you can't even get a, to go to a kid show for eight bucks. But if you join TDF, you can find things. So, that's how I found about about the Liza show. And that's also going to be my product of the week. And I'll save my other one for uh, my next show episode, which I have a lot of good updates on there, by the way. Um, and that's that. And that's that. And and on the happiness thing, I, this is, the, oh, oh, you know what? That's right. I didn't tell you about the happiness thing. Okay. Let me tell you this. Okay. Happiness. Happiness. Um, This is, we'll make it. We'll, we'll, we'll make it snoppy baby okay so do you know Coursera Coursera they do online classes okay well at Yale University so you can get all kinds of classes on Coursera you should check it out I, I like Coursera but on uh, at Yale they had a happiness class right and it was um it was uh, psych 157 that was the name of the class and it was called psychology and the good life right and it was one of their, most popular classes at Yale University. One of their most popular classes in the entire time of Yale University being a university. So 320 years, that's how long Yale's been around. For 320 years, one of their most popular classes was this psychology and the good life. Well, by the way, that's a long time for people to really be loving and caring about happiness. It goes to show you that it's a, it's a thing and everybody wants it or wants to figure out how to crack the code of how to be happy. So Yale decided that, uh, and this class obviously was only taught in person. So Yale decided that they were going to offer a version of the class on Coursera for free. It This is free. This is free. It's called, so here it is. This is the name of the class, The Science of Wellbeing. I did not take the class yet. I'm going to take it. So it's a class. Um, it's a free ten-week version of the class, and during the pandemic, over three and a half million people had taken this class, and they say it's amazing, and it's great. And look, there has been there has been, and as we well well wow. well, we know for three hundred twenty years at Yale, it's been the most popular happiness has been a, top, a popular topic, but there's been tons of books. I own all of them because I'm a self-help book whore. Uh, tons of popular books on the topic of happiness. Stumbling on Happiness um, is one of the most popular ones. Um, the Happiness Project is another book. The Art of Happiness—I think the Dalai Lama wrote that one. But, but their books—it's different than a class. It's different than an online class. And I am excited to take this. I think you should look into taking this also, or tell somebody. You listen—you never know when somebody's going to want to do something like this. And the thing is—is is like. How I found out about this class was I read in the, about it in the paper. And the in the paper, they were telling saying, it, they made a great point. They said, listen, right now in this day and age, everybody's, we're all concerned with our physical health, washing your hands, wearing a mask, you know, keeping away from people. But what are people doing for their mental health? And sure, everybody's been, you know, trying to do their online workout classes or maybe go for walks or whatever. and but as we see 70% of alcohol consumption went up since last April, clearly people need other things um, and alcohol is not going to serve you mental ser- you know solve your mental health issues. But anyway, so uh, the, you know a lot of people t- has t- have taken this class and there's been the things that popped up on um, what came out of it, some t- some tips and tools, a lot of things that we know already like you know how, about sleeping well you know if you sleep well on a regular schedule you uh will be happier just just you know i guess is it biochemically i don't even know if that's the right word um if you have gratitude you're thankful for things that makes you ha- inherently happier um, if you start another tip that came out of the course someone said was um if you start writing down things at the end of the day you know you 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 know you write down you do some gratitude writing journal at the end of the day you you know you just think about all the things that you did throughout the day good happy bad and different um and one of the things that the teacher said that I thought was the most interesting and what made me want to take the class to be honest because I like to do all this kind of stuff but the, the thing the most which is a very simple thing is um the teacher this woman Lori Santos Dr. Lori Santos she said that um in the curriculum they have this exercise that they do where they give somebody five, they give an american person $5 and they say that you can either take this $5 and spend it on yourself or you could take this $5 and spend it on someone else and what what would what you think is going to make you happier and everybody a lot most, most of the people said oh dollars spending the $5 on myself and and uh, in fact you know they spent it, you know, when, when being asked to spend that $5 on someone else, um, they had more satisfaction from spending money on someone versus themselves. And, um, and that sort of like made me think I want to look into this class. And then right after that, I read that I was on the subway downtown and, um, Oh, I was going to Cafe Habana and I get out of the subway at Broadway and Lafayette and there was a guy at the top of the subway. Oh my God, it makes me so sad. I don't, I hope I don't cry. Um, but there was a guy at the top of the subway in a wheel, young, young, young guy, like, I don't know, 25 years old in a wheelchair. I don't, I think he was missing like a leg or two and he was so dirty. So, so, so just, just, just dirty and bags, all kinds of bags tied to his wheelchair, you know, homeless and. He was leaning over on the, uh, the, the in the wheelchair and he was taking his fingers and pushing down on the floor for crumbs and then, you know, um, putting them in his mouth for food. And I gave him whatever money I had in my pocket and I do not have a lot of money. Well, I don't carry a lot of money, at, at cash at all. Nor do I have a lot of money in the bank. Don't get any ideas. Um, and I, I gave it to him. And I, for the rest of the day, was so... I don't know, like, I mean, I didn't go around telling anybody, well, I'm telling you, I guess, but I, I didn't tell anybody, but I was so overwhelmed um, with, well, one, his situation that I wanted to go back and get him a sandwich and give it to him. And in retrospect, I probably should have done that. Maybe I'll go back down there this week. Anyway, um, I felt so emotional, but I also felt really nice that I, you know, gave this guy whatever I had and... uh And he, you know, he wasn't asking and it just made me feel happier, you know, just made me feel better. And so I know that there is uh, some sort of level of, someone once said there's a level of selfishness in giving. And I don't like that we find the negatives in things that are good deeds, right? But but this class, I read that thing about the $5 exercise and then I had this experience right after and I just thought, you want to know what? That, that that experience, reading that had an impact on me. And then doing this had a little bit of an impact on me. And I'm going to take this class. And that's what I wanted to tell you about, about happiness. So it's on Coursera. Um, it is called The Science of Well-Being. It became instantly popular. And I do hope uh, that, you know, you guys check it out. And if you do, let me know how it is. Anyway, that is all for the Elise DeLucci show. That, that, that's it. That's it. That's it. I don't even have a quote today. I have no quotes. I have nothing. (laughs) We had a long episode. And I hope that you guys have a great day. And I will talk to you soon. Take care.